Hi, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. And welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop. Daily Virus, where we discuss the latest news views and madness and of the pandemic. And don't forget the advice of the pandemic. Indeed. It's Friday, June the 26th. It's the end of week 14 of the two-week flatten the curve lockdown. Remember they told us it was two weeks to flatten the curve so we'd have all the intensive care beds available that we wouldn't overwhelm the health service and they lied it's not it wasn't to flatten the curve they closed the economy they hate trump they wanted to want him re-elected and it ne- isn't what it is yeah it's not nothing is what they say it is nothing so it's been it's three never and, about what they say it it's is never what they say it's about and we're going to do a lot about that today by the way three and a half months later three and a half months later next week is going to be fourth of july next week is fourth of july like so what kind of weekend? lockdown have you had on uh, you know, I suppose, you know, just reflecting on my lockdown, I haven't improved the definition in my arms that I had planned to do, nor have I learned to make sourdough bread. And it's worse than that, actually, because not alone have I not learned how to make sourdough bread, I've killed a sourdough starter that I got, which was like a 40-year-old, and like now, a middle-aged, I had a middle-aged sourdough starter. The end is near. And it, no, no, the end is not near. It's gone. It's over. Um, I haven't started meditating or yoga. I haven't read War, uh, War and Peace. I am not Zoom cocktailing with people in five different time zones. But we did make cookies together for the first time, Phelan. That's true. In fact, we did. Uh, we made peanut butter cookies, which, by the way, where we come from, that's called biscuits. So we made uh, peanut butter cookies. We are walking on the beach more. We're taking more photographs of our two cats. Um, we than both, usual. Which, than usual, which, which is, is a lot. Which is a, a lot that's, sta- that's saying a lot. Of, that's a lot of photographs. We have put on weight. Mm-hmm. We have discovered online shopping. And who'd have guessed the joy I... Exp- who'd have guessed, you know, at the beginning of the year that I would be ecstatic with joy at discovering toilet roll in Costco as I did today. And not, you know, loads of it, by the way, loads of toilet roll in my Costco today. Um, as you, uh, as you, by the way, sorry, as you polite Americans call it, bathroom tissue, bathroom tissue. Anyway, getting away what from is that. It, is it for, you know, when you, when, you say, when you need to blow your nose in the bathroom, that's bathroom That's right, or you, or you get upset in the bathroom, just couldn't suddenly, I need, a, a, special I need a bathroom tissue. Yes, as yeah. opposed to the kitchen tissue. We call it toilet roll. Uh, yes, sorry, yeah. You know, we, and we don't say restroom, we say toilet. The toilet. Where's the toilet? I need to go to the toilet. Yes. By the way, we should have a whole programme about that. I saw actually a really interesting article. The Wall Street Journal actually did an article the other day about... How do, what are you going to do about going to the toilet if you're traveling, right? Because places still aren't open. Lots of places aren't open. And what do you go to? Anyway, Phil, what's happening in today's virus? Today, daily virus. Well, Sean Hannity is a murderer. But. And, uh, no, and so is Tucker Carlson. But, but Tucker isn't as big a murderer as Sean Hannity. Okay. And experts have told us that. We'll come to that later. We've got some good statistics. I think it's always good to have some good statistics. Uh, Texas pauses its reopening, unfortunately. But guess what is not to blame? No way, absolutely not. It's not to blame, and we're you know we're nobody's no going to say no way, no way, on no way, no way, no how. No, no, we're not going to talk about that. What's and we're blame? also going to tell a story about a brilliant teaching idea that backfires spectacularly. What do you do in those situations? And we look at how some people are just scumbags, just complete scum, and some of those scumbags are chancellors of our major universities. I always like to have the last article on a Friday to be kind of an upbeat one. Oh, yeah, really sweet. So this first story, Phelan, is about 
you know, and it came from the Washington. By the way, when I saw this story first, I saw it on Twitter, and it was it's from the Washington Post. And I am telling you, I'm going to read it to you as I read it. But I read this a number of times, thinking, okay, this is the Babylon Bee for for sure. This is a joke for sure. There's no way that this is true. Uh, so I'll read this the way exactly. So I, what 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 caught my eye was a picture of. Sean Hannity and other people from Fox News. And here's the headline from the Washington Post. How right-wing media misinformation may have intensified the pandemic. Greater exposure to Hannity relative to Tucker Carlson tonight increased the number of total cases and deaths in the initial stages of the coronavirus pandemic, researchers say. Mm Now, I read that and I thought, okay, there's no way that that's, there's no way that, first of all, just no way that this is a story. You thought it was the Onion or the Babylon Bee? I thought it was definitely an Onion or Babylon Bee. And I thought, this is actually really funny, you know. Tucker, you know, Tucker Carlson doesn't cause, as, doesn't murder as many people as Sean Hannity. But actually, this is a true story. It is from the Washington... It's not a true story. Oh, no, it's not a true story. It's a true story that it's in the Washington Post. That the Washington Post have done this. And here's, you know, some of the stuff that they've, you know, one of the most interesting findings... Different Fox hosts handled the virus very differently, leading to drastic differences in behavior among their viewers. I mean, there is so much to say here, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, but on, you know, and, and on. Tucker Carlson viewers began social distancing about one week earlier than Sean Hannity viewers. That had a huge effect. Um, as with social science research, okay, I love this. As with all social science research, caveats abound oh yeah oh yeah i think we've got some caveats there if you think about the places that don't like listening to sean hannity that don't like listening to tucker carlson let me see okay film fingers on the buzzers there film well it's, i think a lot fingers of people in manhattan buzzers. don't like listening okay say okay. or new york so so then they didn't die of this COVID. is that right I think you're wrong there. Oh, am I wrong there? But how is that film? That I don't understand the research film. In Seattle, Washington. They they, they don't like they don't like. Nobody uh, died there. Oh no, they. Oh, that was another hmm, hotspot. That's interesting. Okay. New so, Jersey. They don't like Sean Hannity there either. Oh, there we go. Hmm. No, they they. Oh, I know where they like. I know where they like Sean Hannity. They like Sean Hannity in Montana. Obviously, loads of people died in Montana. And Wyoming, right? I think 290 people died in Montana. As I think it might be, I think actually it may be less than that. Yeah, but anyway, this is an actual story from the Washington Post. And we're going to come know, to real figures about who died. And we're going to come to real figures about who has actually died from this coronavirus. But it is incredible how disingenuous, what liars, what scumbags. That could be a theme today, by the way. We could be doing a scumbag theme day today. Yes. But I can tell you who's Leave a scumbag. Leave going into the weekend. Who's a scumbag? The people in the Washington Post. Well, actually, the, who people, are not, the people who did these studies. Three yeah. different studies, by the yeah. way. Three different studies who decided to try and pin deaths from COVID way, on Sean Hannity. By the way... Also, C- by the way, CNN was downplaying the, the coronavirus oh yeah, big time, at bigly, the beginning. Bigly. It's only as bad as flu. So was Dr. Fauci. He, oh, was, yeah. he was telling people to go on cruises in Oh, March. I need to get all those headlines. We need to look at all those headlines. Like, all those headlines, that, that's exactly what they did. It was like, you know, this is just me like the flu, you know, exactly. Very don't much. Don't panic at all. Anyway. In fact, you, the Washington Post has headlines, don't panic. It's, is this Fox Media, you know, is this going to be a pandemic? No. Then oh. they deleted that. Oh, tweet. unbelievable, unbelievable. Anyway, you know, we're not even going to go any. I just thought we'd bring that story to you because it's just hysterical. But I think it's important for you to have some good statistics. 
you know, if you're out and about and dealing with anyone in your social circle who is hysterical about their, the, the possibility of them dying, basically, which it's the only thing to really get hysterical about. Mm. I think if you're thinking you're going to die, I think I'd get hysterical if I thought I was going to die. And hysteria would be granted. So basically, let's just look at one statistic for today. Currently, the number of people that are infected in the world, in the world, currently infected, there are 3,972,343 people currently infected. Of those people, 3,914,721 are in a mild condition, or as they say, 99% of the people who are infected with the coronavirus have a mild condition. The number of people with a serious condition is 1%. So 1% of the 57,000 people across the world are in a serious condition because of the COVID. I think that's a nice little statistic to have. Yeah. So not a, not a huge number of people have it, and the people who do have it, only 1% of them are seriously ill. And the other nice statistics I want to go back to, because we used to do this a lot more mm-hmm. on the show, and we've stopped doing it, and I, I really think we need to go back to doing it more often, is looking again at the worldometer. That's a good place to go. So if you're looking for stats, and people are terrifying you, or maybe people in other countries are telling you, oh my God, America is the worst place in the world for this thing. You need to go to Worldometer and you need to look at the number of deaths per million and compare countries. So we'll give you a quick round up here of the top 10. So in the top number, in the top spot is San Marino. And that's obviously a very small principality. But really, the top country in the world for deaths is Belgium with 839 people dying per million. The next one is Andorra. The next UK. The next is Spain. The next is Italy. Then Sweden. France then the United States in the ninth position, then the Netherlands, then Ireland. Mm-hmm. God, between that's us and all. That's a bit of a swap. And that's swap. a swap because for ages, up until extremely recently, uh, Ireland was much, much worse off than uh, the United States. And that thing has just changed over. But you can go through the list and it goes down and down and down. Of course, one lie of the list, one huge lie of the list is that China is really, really low down on that yeah. list. And of course, we can never, ever know, and we will never probably ever know yeah. how many people died in China. We do know because we earlier in this show, back, what, a couple of months ago, we interviewed one of the editors from the Epoch Times who told us some really, really shocking things that really you could pinpoint um, as giving a sense mm-hmm. of how big the, the death toll yeah, was in well, China. Was what did millions he say? of people, millions of mobile phones have been switched off. Their, their accounts have been dropped. You know, maybe it was businesses closing. I think it was something like 20 million mobile yeah, phones. Yeah, it was huge. So some of those would be businesses closing, but some of them are people who no longer require their mobile phones because they're no longer on this planet. And the other statistic that I wanted to share with you, and it's funny because this statistic is all over the place. So people, there's a lot of stories about, oh my God, 20, it looks now like research and all these very fabulous researchers have decided now that it looks like 20 million people may have uh, had may have had, you know, the number of cases in the United States may have been up to 20 million. And here's the good news about that. So up to 20 million people, probably, according to research, Mm -hmm. did get the coronavirus. 20 million. 
So of the people who died, which is whatever it is, 130,000, and I did the mathematics earlier because you don't have to, that would put the morbidity rate, the mortality rate at 0.6%. So a very small percent. And by the way, just remember, just remember that the WHO had initially at the beginning of this pandemic predicted that the mortality rate would be 3.5%. So uh, that's some good news. I that's thought it'd be news. important to have that good news. Phelan, tell us the bad news about Texas. Well, Texas is pausing its reopening. This oh, is, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. As, I, I, and this is from the New York Times. As virus kisses soar across the south and west, and a growing number of states are pausing plans to reopen amid rising case counts. But Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said it's the last thing we wanted to do. So the, the opening in Houston, just 55 days after reopening Texas and other businesses, uh, Texas restaurants and other businesses, Governor Abbott hit the pause button uh, and said they're going to not not open as quickly as they were planning. And, you know, it's they say it was an abrupt turnaround coming as a growing number of states paused reopenings amid rising case counts. Now, case counts. Case okay. counts. Let's stop and remember what this is all about. Yes. So they sort of mention this, uh, and, you know, they go, the virus has spread rapidly in Houston, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, and other large state cities in all regions of the state. Mm. Oh, can I ask a question, Phil? Yes. Fingers on the buzzers. Yes. Did anything happen in those large cities recently that might account for the sudden rise in cases? Well, the New York Times doesn't mention it, Dan, and they oh. have all the news that's fit to print. Oh, okay. So, so obviously nothing happened. Like in there those... wasn't like large like gatherings of people like in the street, standing really close together. For hours on end. For hours on end. That... Night, night after night. Night after night. A few weeks for ago. For example, a few weeks ago. Oh, actually, no, you mentioned it. Oh, but, you remember? But, oh, did something happen? I can't remember. But it's not mentioned in the New York Times. Oh, my God, the New York Times didn't mention it? Then it might not happen then. We might be wrong. So there was no Black Lives Matter protests? Uh, maybe not. It might have been a figment of your imagination. Yeah. You might have been taking those... What is it? What is that thing? What did I talk to you about today? Toad. Toad, toad venom. Toad venom. Well, you might have been giving me toad venom. Maybe. Maybe I'm slipping some toad venom into his food. Into the peanut butter sandwich. We'll talk about Cookies. that again. Into the uh, peanut yes. butter sandwich. So yeah, so so they talk, they vaguely talk about <clears throat> extra testing, right? Mm, extra yes. testing, right? Because mm. hey, when you test, you know, you'll find people. You'll find people. Like uh, I think Phelan had the coronavirus. But I haven't been tested. But he's never been tested. They also, uh, they do. There are increased hospitalizations, but nobody is asking why. Uh, and uh, it's it's uh, uh, the only thing they can blame is an all too rapid reopening, um, and the show will actually illustrate the oh the, yeah with really with what with pictures of people, of people walking oh, walking in people Houston people walking in Houston with you no naughty, masks you crazy folks in Houston but they don't have the big pictures of tens of thousands in those cities those exact those cities exact Houston cities. Dallas San Antonio oh yeah. And uh, then I love what they do, you know, New York Times, in a juxtaposition, you know, they, they love these I juxtapositions. Love the, I love juxtaposition, it's one of my favourite words. It's my favourite position, juxta. Okay, go on and juxta. In a juxtaposition that reflects how far and how little the country has come in controlling the virus, Mr Abbott's announcement in Texas arrived on the same day that Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City declared the city on track to enter the next phase of reopening on July 6th, oh. allowing indoor dining and personal care services like manicures to resume with social distancing. Only two months ago, it was Texas that was allowing restaurants to reopen, while Mr. Bla de Blasio was pleading to res with residents to resist the impulse to gather outdoors, unless it was him, and he could go for a walk in a park 10 miles from his house. Correct. And he could go to his gym 
But the rules don't apply to people like de Blasio. Not to, no, only, only to the little people. No, and he's very tall. He's, he's not one of the little people. Okay. So then, and his daughter is. Uh, she She's was, not so tall. Yeah, but she wasn't social distancing either. No. Anyway, she looked very well in her mugshot. She did. So then, de Blasio, you know, now the New York Times, now Texas, and several other states with rising cases are scrambling. Scrambling. Many of the states uh, that I've seen recent spikes are run by Republicans. Who were initially reluctant to shut them down, but oh. not all of them. Oh, those knuckle-dragging Republicans! Yes. And you know they talk about North Carolina, which oh. is a Democrat. But then in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, has been defiantly against shutting the state back down. He did not, but said he did not intend to move to the next phase of reopening. You know, he said you know they're critical of him. Well, let's talk about some statistics. Let's do if you some read statistics. that, you would think. Wow, New York has done really well, and Florida's done really badly, and Texas has done really badly. So I'll ask you the question, Philem. Yes. These you are, know. by the way, these are statistics that are not in the New York Times article. Oh, yeah. These are, so, okay, because, because the New York Times article, yeah, conveniently doesn't mention exactly how many people died in these different places and the places that they're criticizing. Let's contrast those awful Republican places that opened too fast with New York that obviously did everything correctly. How many people died in New York, Philem? New York State, uh, 24,800, Anne. How many people died in Texas? Well, the latest figure I just got, uh, it says 2,296 plus 29, so uh, 2,300, Anne. Okay, how many people died in Florida? Uh, 3,400, Anne. How many people died in North Carolina? Uh, 1,300, Anne. So, thir- so actually, mm. actually, so there's more people have died in New York than Texas, Florida, and North Carolina combined. Per- combined, and then uh, and then some. Actually, double. It's it's almost triple. It's it's ludicrous. It's almost triple the oh, number yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. in New York. Sure. It's almost triple, and those are big population states. Yeah. yeah. So, stop. so I think buzz off New York, buzz off the New York Times, and stop be you know being you, you just don't like Texas you just don't like Florida you just don't like North Carolina and you don't like freedom I mean and, and then Cuomo has has bailed in I say to them all look at the numbers this is him to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis I say to them all look at the numbers you played politics with the virus and you lost and Steve Scalise fabulous uh, we love him yeah he says he replied to him on Twitter your nursing home death rate the death rate in your nursing homes is 500% higher per capita than Florida's total death rate. Sit down. Sit down. He tells him to sit down. That's Governor Hotspot. I can't believe, by the way, you know, it's really extraordinary. You know that thing they talk, they talk about, I don't know if they have the same expression here in this country, but in Ireland they talk about having neck. Yeah. Having a neck. I'll tell you one thing, he's got some neck, that Cuomo, to appear in public after he condemned 5,000 people to death by forcing them to go back into nursing homes. Extraordinary. Yeah. Anyway, are you... Yeah, I mean, they, then they go on and talk about South Carolina. I mean, in South Carolina, 691 deaths. You know, a spike in, in South Carolina intensified. 691 people have died. I mean, it's just madness that, there, that this is even an issue. So... In our next story that we were going to want to bring to you today, um, uh, there's a child in that picture. There's a lovely, see. this is a lovely story from the Wall Street Journal the other day, and I meant to, I meant to mention it, and then I forgot, and I just thought I just saw it again today, and I thought I have to tell the people this story because it's so delightful. So I think there's a lot of parents out there who have children at home and who are struggling to try to come up with ideas about how to teach them about things, and obviously, you know, the parents, you know, who haven't been in the classroom for a while, who haven't been doing this teaching for a while, think, oh, I know. I know, I'll teach the children about nature. And they find out online that you can buy these 
butterfly kits, which, by mm. the way, what, doesn't it sound delightful? No, I, I so you buy one. this, you buy this butterfly kit, and look at the lovely picture of the lovely kid. There's a lovely picture of the kid, and his butterfly kit has Lennox, arrived. You Lennox know? Fajardo. Oh, Lennox, and you really hear about Lennox now. What could be more magical than raising butterflies? Oh. And this is from, as I said, the Wall Street Journal. The thought drew millions of orders this spring from educational, but for educational butterfly kits to, to occupy children during COVID-19 lockdowns. Parents look forward to their kids watching furry caterpillars transform into fluttering painted ladies. We've never experienced oh. a year like this uh. in 50 years, said Marcus McManaman, the president of Insect Lore, a popular brand. Whatever, whatever. So parents found the, na the nature lessons exceeded expectations, teaching the young children about... About butterflies and beautiful and life and chrysalis no. and cocoons. And, no. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, the children got to learn another lesson and they got to learn a lot about cannibalism and death. No. So basically, this little person, this little darling, em this is Emberly now, a guy called Emberly Bastide. He's two. And Smart he came kid. to his parents. He said, they ate their friends, oh. Emberly said, who lives outside Denver. Two caterpillars had lunched on a weaker one, said her mother, Stephanie Bastide. Oh. All that they left was the tail. And then, you know, you have then this lep, say that word, Philem, a lepid, lepidopodrist. A lepidopodrist, who's obviously an expert on butterflies, who Catherine Hochamp, she says, caterpillars will eat each other. <laughs> um, you typically see this when one caterpillar is molting or forming their chrysalis. So they shed their exoskeleton and they're really soft and fairly immobile for 24 hours. And they're a good snack for their siblings. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And basically, this story goes on to describe no. all these awful things. And then another family, a totally different family, you know, had received a cup full of comatose caterpillars from insect lore. And given the hot Arizona climate, so this is a crowd of people living in Arizona, the Miss Fajardo brought in the package right away, she said. The instructions from the company noted that the insects might remain inactive for as long Ooh. as 48 hours after arrival. Four days later, oh, Lennox. they remained still. Lennox began checking on them every 10 minutes oh. to see if they were moving. When it was clear they never would, his mother decided it was time for a talk. We watch, we, and then here's what she said. We watch movies like Frozen where Anna and Elsa's parents die. So he's familiar with the concept, but he really doesn't grasp 100% what it means. Poor he, does, little, he does now. He does now, poor little Lennox. But the last story, I just thought the last story, look at this darling here, you know. But the last story, they said, you know, one family, Amanda Javins noticed her oldest son, Mikey, fixated on a butterfly, which after its miraculous transformation was no longer thriving. Ooh. That made the Mansfield, Ohio mother of four nervous. Mm -hmm. The 10-year-old boy spent more than an hour trying to get the weak butterfly to take off from a rock. Mother Nature had other plans. Mikey had recently experienced the passing of his grandfather, as well as his dog, Remington. Oh, geez, you never lot. saw him cry or have any outward emotion about the dog or his grandpa, Miss Javins said. But with the butterfly, he did. After mourning several days, Mikey asked his mum, can we do it again? Oh, isn't oh. that so sweet? But actually, it's a beautiful story. But it's that thing of, yeah, be careful. And actually, they quote from, they quote from the naturalist, John Moore, uh, and they say that basically he said, in every walk with nature, one receives far more than he seeks. Yes, I so don't, and basically all these parents across the country have well, learned that. That's a that. nice story. 
It's a, I, it's a nice story, I, and then we're segueing into a rather unpleasant. You know what? I feel like not segueing into it now. I don't want to leave people with a bad taste in their mouth. I'll say something nice at the end to try and get over this. Yeah, but so I do I, want I, people I, to hear just, this. It's, it's, you know, it's a story about a poor kid at terrible uh, story. At Seth Smith, a guy who was um, murdered. He was a kid. He was at Berkeley, and he was unfortunately murdered, shot dead. As as his mother said, you know. He he was someone just walked up to him at a bus stop and shot him in the back of the head. He, in Berkeley, he's a third year student. Um, na- sorry, nineteen year old. He's not a third year. And he was, you know, loved ones of Smith described the Sacramento area native as brilliant and smart. He started Berkeley as a sophomore, double majoring in history and economics. He dreams to further his studies at the London School of Economics. You're going to understand in a moment and, why we're telling this and story. And he loved theatre, was an amazing performer. Huge tragedy for the Berkeley campus. So how does the ca- Chancellor... How does the Chancellor of the University of California, Berkeley, um, respond to that? He... Um, the Chancellor said, you know... He writes a letter. Yeah. And, to, to the uh, student body. To the student body. And in it, the Chancellor says... Uh, you know, blah, 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 well, well, blah, blah. No, he said, we realise this is a very difficult time for those who knew Seth. Yeah. It's important to know that individuals may express grief differently and we need to respect the different ways people react and support each other in the days and weeks ahead. Okay. Many but of you then, had, a, had a close relationship with Seth and are feeling a, song, says, a sense of loss and disbelief. Then he says, others, and this is a written others, stiff, others, like many of us, are experiencing stress, grief and anxiety related to the coronavirus pandemic and the recent murders of George Floyd, Rhea Milton, and other black Americans. And it's like, it's almost like Seth Smith is, 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 is... He didn't make the grade. Yeah, or how dare you, white boy, for interrupting our grief. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're like, you've, re- you've ruined the narrative. You've ruined the narrative. We're supposed to be all upset about this. We're all focused on this. And now we have to devote the whole resources of the university to, to thinking about this white guy yeah. who got shot yeah. in the head. So I don't want to leave you with a bad t- It's just, it's just some... It's a really horrible thing. Some people are just... Awful. Some people are so... So let's talk about something nice before we go. Today, so it's Friday. Thanks be to God, can I just say. Yes. I just think this week was kind of long. Um, I hope you guys have planned something fabulous for your for your weekend. We have, we're doing quite a lot of socialising, yes. actually. It's one thing after another. Mm-hmm. A lot of cooking to be done. Cooking salmon tomorrow night. Yes. Um, going to see nice friends on Saturday night. Going to the beach with favourite godchild on the planet. Second... Godchild, not favourite, equally favourite, <laughs> equally favourite, sorry, favourite three-year-old. Yes. Okay, favourite two-and-a-half-year-old on the planet. That's correct. Going to do some beach, active beach uh, activity. Well, yes. actually, we're not, we're allowed to be, we're allowed to be now, inactive on the we beach. We can be inactive on the beach. And they've is, opened the car parks. And they've opened the car parks, but they haven't opened the piers. So, yes, we're going to go and spend some time on the beach. And we hope that you're going to get out and about wherever you yeah. are um, and out of your lockdown. And Summer is here. And by the way, we're going to mention, and we'll talk about this again next week, but thank you. There's been some really lovely messages coming. And some of you guys who've decided to become sustaining members we really, really appreciate you. We'll shout out some to the sustaining members next week. Yeah. These are people who are giving to keep us on the road because it's not easy. It's a different. It's a particularly difficult years for mm-hmm. for this for for us this year. So uh, if you like what we do, please give us a sustaining uh, gift. Go to go to unreportedstoriesociety.com. Unreportedstoriesociety.com and give what you can. You know, um, and we love having you here, and we love doing what we do. And take care and have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Um, soon next time. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.